Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Jam-packed Monday edition of J.J. After Dark. It's John Jastrzemski right here on The Fan. And Tom Brady and the Buccaneers win themselves another Super Bowl. And joining the show right now to break it all down, Radio.com NFL Insider Brian Baldinger. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights that sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Or go to betql.com today. You can also hear Brian with Jason LaCanfora on Baldy's Breakdowns with new episodes out twice a week. Just search Baldy wherever you find podcasts. And Brian, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. If I would have talked to you, I don't know, 24 hours ago, and I could have given you odds on the Kansas City Chiefs not to score a touchdown in this game, what would you have given me? 50 to 1? 100 to 1? Mm, I would have given you a bigger, bigger odds than that, 500 to 1, something like that. I mean, I, I thought they would definitely score. I like the Bucks in the game, J.J., but I, I thought Kansas City would definitely find the end zone. I mean, I just thought there was too much firepower. So I'd give you bigger odds than the 100 to 1, I'll tell you that. Yeah, you and me both. And listen, I like Tampa as well. I thought that with the injury to Eric Fisher, there were going to be some serious problems for the Kansas City Chiefs on the offensive line. That obviously played out. But what was it specifically, Brad, that you saw with the Todd Bowles game plan that worked out so perfectly? For me, and listen, you break down this video, you do as good a job of it as anybody. But for like the football non, you know, X's and O's guy who never played it down, never put the pads on the whole deal. You know what I saw, Brad? They were able to generate pressure without Bowles blitzing like crazy. Like I could see that from afar. Was that a big key in your eyes? Yeah, it was. I mean, they did blitz, and not not a lot, J.J. I mean, probably six or seven times I counted today. And, you know, and it, did, uh, it did result in some pressure. But for the most part, um, you know, they either had a three-man rush or four-man rush. Um, you know, they were able to, J.J., you know, Jason Pierre-Paul looked like he did 10 years ago with the Giants. Shaq Barrett is the reason why he won the, the sack title a year ago. Uh, but they basically played zone behind it for, for much of the game. Now, they – Todd Bowles changed it up, but, you know, they played zone so that Tyreek Hill couldn't run by him like he did back in week 12, and he didn't. He didn't get behind him once. And so they weren't going to let that happen. And then they really 
clamped on on Kelsey until the very end, until you know the game was in sort of you know thirty one to uh, you know wherever it was nine at the time. You know, and they kind of clamped him pretty good. So they kind of took his weapons away, and then you know they got quick pressure on Mahomes where he was running. And look, the, the the receivers of the Chiefs really let him down. They dropped a number of passes. Some hit them in the, right in the face mask. Uh, Mahomes gave it everything he had, but for the most part, they took the deep shots away from from Tyreek Hill, and then they really reduced Kelsey to just catching some things underneath. And so that was really the key. I, I thought Bowles had a great great game plan, and they really stuck to it. Uh, they didn't really confuse Mahomes much. They just took a, away his his top two receivers. Baldy, do you get the sense that defensive coordinators now are going to be going to town on this game film and on this game plan? I mean, listen, the problem you're going to run into is not a lot of defenses have the talent that Tampa Bay has. So it's all well and good if you watch the film, but what was it about Tampa's defense that allowed them to match up with Hill and with Kelsey the way they did? Was it the speed at linebacker? Was it getting a guy like Winfield back? Like, what was that biggest key in your eyes with Tampa schematically? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the defensive backs played great. And, you know, they're, they were they're all homegrown. They're, they're all drafted by Tampa. Jamel Dean, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield, Carlton Davis, they're all drafted, you know, by Jason Light. So, they, you know, they've all come in together on different years. Winfield's the rookie, but Carlton Davis, the four-year guy, whatever. And, you know, they played the ball in the air really well. They kept their hands off them. They were very disciplined. There weren't any uh, interference calls, things like that. Um, they, so they didn't give them the, and then I thought that they really have a real good understanding of how they match up. I mean, they played three safeties for much of the game. Mike Edwards came in, and he played the tight end at times. But the real key is the two linebackers, Levante David and Devin White. And nobody has Devin White on their team. Nobody. Nobody has a linebacker that runs and has that kind of an impact the way Devin White does. He played every snap against New Orleans, against Green Bay in the Super Bowl. He had four takeaways. He led the team in tackles by a mile. Uh, and when he hits you, the running back or receiver goes backwards. I mean, there's just really nobody. He's LT at middle linebacker, basically. You know, and so he, he just has speed that just you can't block it. You can't match up in Levante Davis, you know, as smart and consistent a linebacker as there is in the game. And so those two guys, I think, really make the difference. And then, of course, Bri, the Hollywood storybook type of, you know, bookend for Tom Brady is the fact that he goes to a new team. They don't have a normal offseason. He beats Drew Brees, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes now in the process, and does so at the age of 43. I mean, it's a... This is not supposed to be the case. Like, when did it become for you, Brian? I I don't know if it was maybe, you know, a couple of years ago when he beat Mahomes in the AFC title game, or maybe it was when he had that great comeback against Atlanta, where I just said to myself, I am done doubting the greatest to ever do it. Like, did you think that Tom was going to be able to have this success leaving the safe haven in New England? I thought he would be – I thought he was going to be good. I didn't know if he was going to be Super Bowl MVP good. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't know that. But I thought he would be good. I, I thought the off season and how everything was so curtailed, you know, due to the quarantine and all, I, I thought he was going to be at a disadvantage. He was going to be able to put the time in. But I remember this, J.J. I was at this uh, 
this offensive line uh, soiree training camp this summer in Dallas, and Ryan Jensen was there from Tampa. And by that time, it was early July. He'd already worked out in the offseason a bunch with Tom. And he told me, you know, we were interviewing for this, you know, TV thing we're doing, but he told me that he was getting a 30-minute dissertation from Brady every day on how to snap a football. Now, this guy snapped the football his entire life. This guy's been a, you know, been a Pro Bowl player. I mean, he's been a good player in this league, college, the whole thing. But Brady was saying, okay, in what, what weather I want this? I want your towel here. I want the laces here on the shotgun. I need this here on goal line. I mean, just the tension to detail that he thinks about. I just don't think other – I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees don't or Patrick Mahomes don't, but I just don't think other teams have players that can coach every single position the way Brady can. And just the, the, the smallest of details. I mean, Arian said, look, he, he coached our team. And so when you have 20 years of experience like that, it, it makes a difference. And it eventually – he got them all working in sync because it wasn't pretty all year long. There was two major hiccups in the middle of the season and losses to the Rams and to the, you know, to the Chiefs. But he really, they, they really got healthy, and then they really started playing his style of football. The great Brian Balding at Radio.com Insider. He joins us here on The Fan. All right, Brian, he's been doing it now almost 20 years. Now he's got seven. Do you look at Brady going from New England to Tampa, and do you put this win as the greatest of his accomplishments? Listen, he's had, you know, the accolades, the perfect regular season, the epic comeback against Atlanta, but at his age, to leave quite possibly the greatest NFL head coach to ever do it and go win it year one, uh, bro, I got to be honest, this might take the cake for me. I agree. I agree with you, JJ. You know, you stated it really well. Um, To go... In this environment that we're all dealing with, to do it like this, with a bunch of guys that he doesn't know, adding a bunch of guys, you know, a couple guys that he knew in, in Gronk, but bringing in Antonio Brown and helping to lure, you know, Leonard Fournette, whatever. I mean, to do it with a whole new cast and to become the general of the team and just take it over and lead, I, I'm with you. I think it's the greatest of his seven um, because he, he – we all kind of thought before the season started that the teams that had the stable coaching staff didn't make the wholesale changes. They were going to be the team, New Orleans Saints, Green Bay. They were going to be the teams that were going to be favored. And I bought into that. I, I believe that. But Brady kind of broke that mold and cracked that thought and destroyed that you know theory. And he just did it by willpower and the way that he goes about his business and how everybody realizes the way he does it is the right way. And it, it, there's no shortcuts and no easy ways, but the way that he does it is the right way to go about your business. And Brian, rather apropos that his old buddy Gronkowski, you know, kind of had a quiet regular season, but there's so many little things, you know, he's always there when you need him. It, it was like you had the Corvette in the garage and, <laughs> and you were just ready to unleash it, knowing that you needed it. You needed to hit that high speed. I, I saw Gronk running. Baldy, he looked just as good as he did five or six years ago in this Super Bowl game, man. He looked terrific. Well, his first bike went out of the stadium. I don't think it came down yet, J.J. I think he's still <laughs> traveling into orbit. Um, look, his blocking has been unbelievable. I mean, throughout the playoffs, whether he's blocking Chase Young or Cam Jordan or blocking on the edge, Alex Okafor yesterday, I mean, his blocking is unbelievable. 
And so that has never changed. He's still the best blocking tight end. Now George Kittle might be a little bit better at this stage, you know, but, I mean, Gronk did it all year long. Uh, he did it on the biggest stage. And then, look, the first touchdown, uh, just a simple play action off of a inside zone fake. They run that play all the time. Sometimes they hand it off to Fournette. Sometimes they throw it to the tight end. Um, you know, and then the, the, the second touchdown, I mean, he's the third option on the play. They're looking at Mike Evans first. They're looking at Godwin second. But Brady had he had time to read his email back there, you know, and respond. And with that, you know, he found Gronk uncovering, um, you know, against a really good corner in Legereus uh, Sneed. And, and Brady just, you know, he fired a dart to him. And that was the second one. And, and you know, the, they never looked back after that. Baldy, well, do you have a problem with the way this game was officiated in the first half? I know some Kansas City fans upset about the pass interference down the field. Then they had another one in the end zone. Um, I thought the play deep down the field was pass interference. That's just me. Um, and I can't make that the narrative and the storyline of this game when Tampa Bay whooped them at the line of scrimmage the way that they did, when they ran the ball as effectively as they did. Did you think the officiating played a major role, or is that being overblown? I'd be affected. I mean, you know, they had 11 penalties for 120 yards. I thought the one penalty that was really ticky-tack to me was the holding on Evans um, against Evans, you know, when Tyron Matthew came up with the interception. And I thought that one, um, I thought, and that was a big play in the game. I mean, Matthew takes the ball away. You get, you get an interception for Brady. Uh, it was a really instinctive play by Tyron off a tip ball. I thought that's the one I would question. I, Look, they could have called a lot more holding calls on both Remmers and White, um, you know, against the, the, the rush of the Buccaneers. And so I thought that was, you know, Wiley, I'm sorry, Andrew Wiley. But I, I thought those, they could have called that a bunch. And so sometimes, you know, the calls you didn't make, um, you know, they kind of bounce things out. But, you know, I, I thought the other ones were legit. I mean, if you want to say, okay, zero coverage and Tyra Matthew – interferes with Mike Evans in the end zone, getting the ball at the one-yard line before the half. I mean, look, there's contact there in the end zone. It's zero coverage. I mean, you can't really put your hands on guys. It's an advantage being 6'5", 220 pounds for Mike Evans. You know, Matthew's doing what he could do. You know, people want to question that call. They throw the flag. I mean, I, I I can't tell them to go pick that flag up on that situation. You know, Brian, normally when you look at a team that's got an older quarterback and brought in all these veterans, you wonder, is it going to be a tough road for them to repeat? Listen, repeating in the NFL is almost impossible. We haven't seen anybody do it since the Patriots in 2003-2004. I don't know if it's going to be next year, but the Buccaneers, they're going to be around the next year or two. I mean, Brady's coming back. You're going to have veteran players who are going to want to go and play there, and they got a good young core on that defense, as you just alluded to. I know this, Brian Baldinger. I'm not betting against Brady winning another one of these bad boys. Wouldn't shock me in the least. I'm not either. I mean, look, if you look at just the trenches, right, J.G., because I always look there first. But if you look at their offensive line, Smith and Marpet and Jensen and this kid Aaron Stinney and Worse, I mean, Worse was the best rookie offensive lineman in the league, bar none. I gave up one sack the whole year. They're all coming back. If you look at the defensive front, heck, Steve McClendon couldn't wait to leave the Jets to come to Tampa. You know, and you look at Vita Bay, he's going into his third season in this league. Sue's never missed a start in his, his entire life. Started every single game for 11 straight years. I mean, you look at how they're built now. I mean, Devin White is, you know, he might be the best defensive player in the league. So, and Levante David doesn't miss games. And the secondary is young. So, they have, they have on paper 
they have a team that can certainly make a run again next year. There's no question about it. Okay, Brian, better fit for Carson Wentz. Indy, Chicago. It's interesting. You know, if he goes to Chicago, he's got, he's got the, the quarterback coach there was the quarterback coach for him in Philadelphia. Uh, if he goes to Indy, you know, Frank Reich was the offensive coordinator in Indy when Carson was there. Both guys have coached him hard. Um, but I think, you know, right now, I think that Indianapolis, with the offensive line that they have and the way they protected Phillip Rivers this year, if you could take hits off Carson Wentz where he can stay back there and go through progressions without really feeling like he's just going to get lit up um, like he did a bunch last year, I, I think Indianapolis makes the most sense right now if, if they can work out some sort of a compensation and deal for him. For Sam Donald, more likely he's the quarterback of the Jets or the quarterback somewhere else in 2021? Well, I think they, you know, I think Joe Douglas really wants to keep Sam, but he's, you know, this is his fourth year into the rookie deal. You've got to get these guys to win on the rookie deals. If they believe, if Joe Douglas believes that there's a quarterback in this draft that they can take, that they can build around and be a franchise quarterback, I mean, whoever that might be, um, then I think they, they, they let Sam go and start fresh with a new coach a new system, and a rookie quarterback and build that way. I think if you bring Sam back into his fourth year here, you're going to get one year in a new system, and then you're going to have to re-sign him next year. And it's going to take away a lot of, I think, flexibility of what Joe Douglas could do financially uh, when you come to free agency and into the draft, into some trades. Well, the final one, and I appreciate the time. The big move with Matthew Stafford and the L.A. Rams. Um, do you think it's status quo? as far as their championship aspirations for next year, or do you think that Stafford over Goff is a significant upgrade? I think it's significant. I, I, think, see, I, I think that the arm strength um, of Stafford is much more superior. I think the decision-making is, is better, and I think he'll fit into that system. He's a good athlete. He still can move well. He's only, think, 32 right now still. Um, I think it's a significant upgrade. And there's just games when you can't just rely on play-action passes and, okay, you know, point and shoot and this is where the ball goes. I mean, you got to be able to, you know, put the ball on the tee and make stick throws, and you got to win games. The quarterback has got to win games for you when other things are breaking down. I, I think it's a significant upgrade, and I think that's why the compensation was what it was. They were willing to give it up. Baldy, you've been unbelievable all year, bro. I love the breakdowns. I love the analysis. I hope that you got at least like two or three weeks to chill, oh, yeah. decompress, maybe have a cold one or two before yeah. you start ramping up for free agency yeah. in the draft. What is the like vacation time now for you, Baldy? I'm going to be out of the country on Friday. I'm not, not a boy. I'm not my destination or anything, but I, I know where I'm going. It starts Friday, and the, the Wi-Fi signal isn't very good, JJ. Ah, I love it. That's the way to do it, Baldy. I'm, you know what, man? Nobody deserves it more than you, man. And listen. Yeah. I can't thank you enough, man. Throughout the year, all the insights, all the analysis, keep killing it, and maybe a cool one or two, all right, for me. Uh, I'm I'm on that program. You got it. boy, That's Brian Balding, our Radio.com insider. Good stuff, Brian. Thanks, buddy. There you have it. That was Brian Balding, our Radio.com NFL insider. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. 
BetQL is here to help us all make better bets through real proven analytics. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. Today, you can also hear Brian with Jason Lock and Fora on Baldy's Breakdowns with new episodes out twice a week. Just search Baldy whenever you find podcasts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.